Money FM 89.3, the best of the afternoon update. Money in the market on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to Money in the Market. I'm Hong Bin Jung. Central banks for the world's biggest economies have served notice that they will keep interest rates as high as needed to tame inflation, even as two years of unprecedented global policy tightening reaches a peak. The so-called higher for longer mantra is now the official stance of the U.S. Federal Reserve, European Central Bank, and the Bank of England, as well as being echoed by monetary policy. Policymakers from Oslo to Taipei. So, is the global rate hiking cycle far from coming to an end? What kind of implications does this have on the global economy? Should Singaporean investors be wary of the impact of the global economy? Well, joining us on the phone today is Sean Sung, who is the credit research analyst at Fixed Income at Philip Securities, which is a member of Philip Capital. Sean, welcome to the show. Hi, Hong Bin. Thanks for having me on the show today. Thank you for joining me today, Sean. You know, we saw some major central banks leaving their interest rates unchanged last week. How is the global rate hiking rate hiking cycle looking currently? So as of now, I believe that uh, we are very close to the peak of the rate hike cycle, looking in terms of the global scale. Mm-hmm. As of as we all know, uh, the Federal Reserve decided to maintain its uh, Fed fund rate in the range of 5.25 to 5.5%. Mm-hmm. But noted that there could be a possibility of one more additional uh, rate hike at the end of this year. Mm. Not only in the US, uh, but similar views were also expressed in the UK and uh, Europe region, where the Bank of England left its uh, rate unchanged, suggesting that it may be the last time for now, mm-hmm. while the European Central Bank has also raised their interest rate slightly by 25 basis points in their latest meeting. Mm-hmm. And similarly, uh, also uh, they also have mentioned that uh, this increase may be the final one. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in terms of the global interest rate perspective, it's a term many of us are familiar with. But uh, yes, we should anticipate rates to remain high for an extended period of time mm-hmm. because uh, this sentiment is consistent across uh, ma- major central banks as similar views uh, and that maintaining higher rates is necessary to bring down inflation mm-hmm. to their respective long-term targeted rates. I mean, that was especially evident over at the U.S. Federal Reserve where they did reaffirm their commitments to higher interest rates for longer. So, Sean, what kind of implications will this have on the U.S. economy? As the Federal Reserve uh, remains, uh, reaffirmed that uh, its commitment to maintain higher interest rates mm-hmm. for an extended period of time to combat inflation. It is expected that this decision will re- result in a slowdown in the U.S. economy as elevated interest rates uh, may pose challenges for businesses who are seeking to borrow money for expansion or refinancing purposes. Mm. So, I mean, uh, this in turn may also lead to higher unemployment in the economy as uh, businesses start to slow down on their hiring. And I believe that in the latest uh, summary of economics projection uh, that was released, these concerns were also shared by the committee members. Mm-hmm. They anticipate a decrease in the real GDP growth rate for the following year, dropping to uh, 1.5% as compared to 2.1% that was projected for this year. Mm-hmm. While also their unemployment rate is also expected to rise to 4.1% as compared to 38 uh, for the next year. Mm. But with a stickier uh, interest rate environment, we should see that the US dollar uh, to remain strong until uh, rate starts to taper off. Mm. Also, although that it is true that additional rate hikes are still possible, moving forward, I believe that the Federal Reserve uh, will tread uh, any future rate hikes uh, with caution 
because if they were to tighten their monetary policy too much, mm-hmm. uh, it could lead, uh, potentially lead to a recession mm-hmm. and erodes the chances of soft lending that the community members uh, are aiming for. Okay, okay. So if you say that it will cause a recession, how will this you know, impact the global economy? Will the global economy also see a recession if that happens? I mean, if in terms of, let's say, they were to tighten uh, the monetary policy too fast, too furious, then yes, the possibility of a recession might mm-hmm. happen. However, uh, I mean, in terms of, do I see other uh, central banks following suit uh, to what uh, the U.S. Federal Reserve are doing, then yes, most definitely. Because as mentioned earlier, uh, some of the other major central banks, including the Bank of England and the European central banks, have also expressed uh, similar views. Mm-hmm. Uh, they too believe that that they have reached the last leg of their rate hike cycles mm. and rates will have to over for a period of time to bring down the persistent inf- uh, inflationary pressures. Right. And additionally, I think almost all central banks stated their readiness to increase uh, borrowing costs or if inflationary data were to spike up again when needed. Mm, mm, okay, okay. Well, I also want to talk about China here. I mean, China's economy, on the other hand, is kind of showing some signs of upturn. But Sean, are investors still shunning away from China? It is true that uh, in recent months, uh, China's economy has reflected some signs of upturn mm. uh, with its uh, industrial production rebounding back to uh, uh, by 4.5% year-on-year in August. Mm. Uh, furthermore, if we were to look at its uh, consumer price inflation, it has also returned to positive uh, territory in August. And I believe that uh, China's economy is still on its road to recovery and investors are still keen on looking for opportunities uh, within the Chinese market. Mm. However, a cautious approach will be recommended as the slowdown in the country's property market and the geopolitical tensions uh, between the China and the West uh, might dampen the sentiments for China's economy. Mm. Okay, okay. Now I want to bring it back to, you know, something that may concern investors here in Singapore. Should Singaporean investors then, you know, given China's economy and the U.S. economy, um, the top two biggest economies in the world, should Singaporean investors be wary of the impact of the global economy? So to me, I think it's definitely because, I mean, there's a saying where, where uh, when the U.S. sneezes, the world catches the buck. Mm. So, I mean, one great <laughs> example would be the uptick in, uh, in interest rates that, yeah. that we are currently uh, experiencing. Mm-hmm. Or perhaps the geopolitical events such as the conflict between uh, Russia and Ukraine has also caused a spike in our oil prices. Right. Thus, it is important for Singaporeans uh, investors to keep abreast on uh, global news and mm-hmm. the events that might impact the economy. Okay. and also make the necessary adjustments uh, within their portfolio to be in line with their respective risk appetite. Okay, you're speaking about these necessary adjustments, then um, how can investors you know, mitigate these risks arising from the economic uncertainties? Are there you know, certain sectors Singaporean investors should be looking at? So for Singaporean investors, they are able to mitigate uh, the risk of uh, economic uncertainties by not putting uh, all their eggs into a single basket and diversify their portfolio. And secondly, uh, they could also focus on uh, investing in companies that have a strong track record and are well positioned to withstand uh, potential headwinds when the economy isn't that rosy. Mm. And lastly, uh, I believe uh, investors should also always keep a lookout on keep a lookout and rebalance uh, their portfolio. To mm-hmm. ensure that their portfolio remains aligned with their risk tolerance and investment goals. Mm-hmm. So, in terms of uh, what are some of the sectors that investors could explore, I believe uh, the first one would be the tech sector. That could be something that uh, investors could look at, 
as uh, it is a sector that is ever-growing and constantly innovating with uh, more businesses and consumers adopting uh, digital technologies. And one prime, prime example would be the current AI bus that is mm. currently in the market. Mm. And uh, for secondly, uh, I, would, I would say financial sector, it's also worth uh, considering uh, given that the banks will be able to remain uh, resilient as uh, they are able to benefit from the current high interest rate environment that we are experiencing now. And finally, perhaps uh, the healthcare sector may also be an interesting uh, look as uh, the World Health Organization has mentioned that uh, they expect the global aging population to increase in the coming years. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I mean, this will lead to a higher demand for healthcare services in the future. Okay, I see, I see. And I mean, what are some of the investment strategies that investors can use to see better returns in the current market conditions? Yep. Uh, at this current juncture, I believe uh, time in the market would be more valuable than uh, just to try to time the market. So the dollar cost average strategy uh, would be a good strategy for investors. And this also helps to mitigate the impact of uh, emotional decision making. Mm-hmm. So another strategy uh, that perhaps uh, investors can use would be the 60-40 rule, where investors could allocate approximately 60% of their portfolio into stocks and 40% of their portfolio into fixed income instruments. And I mean, if we were to look at a fixed income front, uh, I believe our MAS uh, six-month treasury bills are still offering quite an attractive rate, mm. uh, with yesterday's auction cut-off yield at roughly around 4.0%. Uh, 7%, which mm. is the highest for this year. And treasury bills are considered uh, risk-free and also a, that has a relatively short time frame. So I believe that this is something that investors could look at to pack their excess uh, dry powder and shift their funds when opportunity arises. Mm, okay, okay, I see. And how can financial institutions, you know, such as Philip Capital, help their investors build resilience based on the volatility of the market? So in Philip's Capital, uh, we offer a wide range of investments options uh, mm-hmm. to help investors uh, diversify their portfolio to build uh, resilience against, against the volatility of the market. So we also conduct a quarterly strategy uh, stock pick seminars for our clients where our research team will analyze the company, prepare financial models, interview companies, management, and weigh the risk of individual companies before finalizing and presenting the selected stocks to our investors. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. What about in terms of you know helping your clients navigate the ever-changing financial landscape effectively? At Philips Capital, uh, we also offer uh, tools for our clients to track mm-hmm. their investments, uh, identify market trends, uh, which enables uh, investors to make a more informed decision during their investing journey. Mm-hmm. We also do provide uh, personalized advisors that are tailored to individuals based on their risk tolerance, investment goals, and financial situations. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, thank you so much, Sean, for your time and your insights today. Oh, thank you, Hongbin. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure speaking to you as well. We've been speaking with Sean Sung, who's the Credit Research Analyst of Fixed Income at Phillips Securities, a member of Philip Capital. I'm Hongbin Jung, and this has been Money in the Market. Stay with Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.